When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Okay, be patient with Tom today. Be patient. Technology's put him in a mood. And technology can do that to the best of us. So, you need to be understanding. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the calm edition. I'm Don McDonald. Tom is mellowing out there in the aircraft hangar. Are you mellow now? Quit saying the air. There was a guy who really thought this was an aircraft <laughs> hangar. Know. Come on. I love the aircraft no, hangar. It's not. Yeah, but you'd get a kick out of planes. I mean, the Super Bowl. I love planes. You, yeah. The flyover. It was one of your favorite I, parts. I, that and the halftime show, I thought were the two best parts of the whole thing. Yeah, I get it. So, <laughs> Okay. I do not like rap. I just it was a great halftime like show, dude, but it was no a matter good what show. kind of music. I, yeah, it was, I don't it was like remarkable. Okay. Some guy hanging upside down and rappers oh, from man, 25 years not, ago. Nothing like cool. people hanging upside down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I guess you could watch a football game and see that yeah. too. So <laughs> cool. Flipping yeah. through the air, breaking yeah. knees, things like that. Yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the combo show. This is the podcast. And because I'm looking into the camera. The video cast too, because I, I forget to look into the camera a lot when we do the video cast version. Because on my Mac, the c- camera's way up here. I keep trying to get a camera that like can be in the middle of the screen where I look. You can't do that. I know somebody's tried stupid ideas. Anyway, welcome to our little program today. Our topic is families. We love them. They drive us nuts. It's part of the deal. Matter of fact, I just did a short story from the 19-teens by Edna Ferber, who was a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, and she wrote uh, the movie Giant. And oh, the, great uh, film. The, yeah, the sure. play for The play for Showboat. She wrote the Is book that Rock Showboat. Hudson? Rock Giant? Hudson, Jimmy, yeah. James Dean. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great Liz movie. Liz Taylor. Anyway, yeah. this author, she wrote a story called That's Marriage. <laughs> and, I'm not reading that one. Oh no, you can't read it. I narrate it. You just oh, listen. Okay. Oh, you can listen on listen. your way to work at litreading.com. It's a great story, right. and it talks about the love-hate relationship mm. that we have with our families. And that when you when the studies are done, polls are done of, of married couples, there are two things, two things that come to the top that float right to the top of the list. As causes of marital strife. Oh, why don't you and, tell us, Don, please? And I'm well aware of both of them. <laughs> one of them is money. I'm not even going to talk about the other one because this isn't yes, a talking you are. real that. Yeah, you, you know why you are? You know why you why? are? Because a survey why? I'm going to mention in the survey, it found that one out of four American adults has yeah. not had sexual relations in the last year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Real Sex, the only <laughs> I, show that I, dares to go there. Up. I'm not making this stuff. That probably One just put our ratings right through the- One quarter in a year? 
Wait what, a minute. 20, more than 25% of the married? people serve. It didn't say married. <laughs> didn't say married. That's, they're not mutually exclusive. It did no. not say married. No, it, it says, says one people? quarter of American adults. Yep. Oh, okay. They adults. did categorize it as adults. Yes. I was going to say, adults. wait, no. children adults. don't count. No. They better adults. Know. One quarter of American adults. Here's the other number that staggered me. Really did stagger me. Now we're going to be in trouble again with one of those dads out there who's going to call and go, I was in the car listening uh, to, to your podcast what that is. on Talking yeah, okay. Real Money, and I had to explain to my children what sex was. And what's cheesecake? Anyway, the, here's the thing, okay? Um, but here, I, this, I found this a more interesting and maybe surprising number, especially the week of Well, Valentine's the sex Day. number's pretty, I don't know. That was pretty surprising. I don't, don't want to be part of that <laughs> group. I don't want to be part of this group I don't want to be part of that. I yeah, don't want to be part uh, of any of these groups. It's about half of America is is not in is not married or not in a somewhat permanent relationship of adults not children the times they are a change no i mean i found it sad it, I, honestly i you know so one of the reasons you point out and one of the big reasons that leads we know to divorce is money 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 no no joking so i mean and i stole this a little bit cuz there's a massive write up in the Wall Street Journal this week, of course, because it's Valentine's Day, right? Right. It was in the uh, in the journal report section. Correct. And it said the, the the title of the piece is the best ways for couples to share finances. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's I find this a fascinating okay. topic. Tell so me I've some asked, of the best well, I've ways. asked everyone else since that I read this piece. Just just had uh-huh. breakfast with a fellow, and I asked him. His wife handles everything. He trusts her. He's on the road okay. a lot. So he just, yeah. the, he, she takes care of the money. But there are a number of people in this article that, see, there's a lot of uh, people that wrote in uh, that have been married. Do you know for a you're while. shadowing your face for the, for the video <laughs> fans at home. And you know, no one will care. Ah, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, a number of these people, a pretty good size, uh, keep their money separate, which I find uh-huh. fascinating. I, I mean, I think it's, Okay, I guess. I think it's a little strange. Um, and, you know, just for full disclosure, in our household, I do pay the bills. I make more of the money. My wife, well, we have a joke. It's everything that I have is ours. Everything she has is hers. Um, I guess that's, that's not Wait a minute. Joke. No, no, wait. That's unusual? That's the way it is in my house. <laughs> okay, well, I don't. Okay, maybe not. No, then. no, no. I mean, I mean, we have, we, she has her accounts. Mm-hmm. And then we have our account. Yeah, well, that's fair enough, I guess. So anyway, so, um, but a lot of these people, they, so what they do, how do they deal with it? So this, like one person said they, that he is the appointed CFO, but they keep their money separate. They sit down and review everything once a year and they have the file about, you know, if I get hit by a bus, what do I do? Some of them actually have written agreements you know, like prenuptial kind of agreements, like, oh, yeah. here's what you're going to do. Um, I love this one about, uh, I did all the finances at the beginning of our marriage. This inequity turned into a weird dynamic where my spouse, my spouse felt like she needed to ask for permission to spend money. Boy, have I been there. And it's no fun to be the person who says, well, so they developed a budget and financial scorecard and they actually have their kids involved. I think that's terrific because discussing i mean that was the, my point after reading all this um which and I, I separate finances i've seen it done i think it's very tricky uh but i but i have you know we do have a lot of couples that we i mean can we say the, this council people on money 
even though yeah, we're not well, Dr. Well, Phil? For 30 years, we've gotten uh, by with his, hers, and ours um, yeah. pretty effectively. But Okay, that's I am, different than what I said. I said mine was you, ours, hers is well, hers. I, Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that is kind different. of a joke in some ways, but, it, but it's important to my wife. She got married later in life, shall we say, and it's, she'd always had her own money and did her own thing. She didn't have anybody else that she had to report to and say, can I do this or not do that? I, I get all that. Okay. So, but if you're in that situation, if you're in any relationship, which I guess only half of you are. What are the keys? I think number one, even under Don's system or my system, really is transparency, which is hard. It says a lot of these people cheat financially. <laughs> they, they they give people money in their families, or they spend money that they wouldn't if you were sitting down and really arguing about should we do this or should we do that. And I do think after transparency that not cheating is imperative i i I don't know what else to say actually you do that's pretty much pretty much in both cases in the other topic we were discussing too it's kind (laughs) of bad in both yeah Uh yeah amen and here but here's the other part of what i find generally with couples there's usually somebody that's the money person right Mm -hmm. there and in your Mm -hmm. case it's not true because you're both have financial backgrounds if you ask my wife she would point to me and say well he's the money guy isn't this what you do for a living yeah it's what i do for a living so um then you've got this situation, another, the weird dynamic that the person mentioned, you got to bring that other disinterested spouse in. How do you do that? I think that's the toughest part of all of this, because if you asked my wife how our money was invested, she would have a hard time. She would have a hard time explaining it, but, but she could tell you where the money was, how much it was, because twice a year, I got it in a spreadsheet. We go through the spreadsheet. We talk about the assets, we talk about the liabilities, we go through of all that. So she knows at least that. And she knows, by the way, if anything happens to me, what number to call and who to ask for. There's the key. I <laughs> so, Honestly, I think this is the solution. My mother and my stepfather, um, my mom got married a couple of times. <laughs> and, uh, my stepdad was later in life marriage and uh, they were both older. He had money. She did not. He made great money. He was a physician. Um, They made sure that they went through the process, not necessarily of explaining everything, how it's all done to her, but making sure she knew who the professionals were that they had hired to manage their money. And, And I have to tell you, that gave her more peace of mind, I think, than being in on everything or worrying about how I'm going to handle all this when he's no longer here, because he is no longer here. She's still alive. He's not alive. And honestly, the thing that saved her so much grief, and this isn't a plug for us, but was her vestry advisor. Yeah. And I think that's a very good point. I, 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 even if you don't have someone managing your money or have a financial planner, you should know who you would turn to because Mm -hmm. somebody needs to be there. And Mm -hmm. again, if anything happened to me, God bless my wife. uh, She's going to need help. She doesn't know how to deal with all this. She's She's going to need need a fiduciary advisor. And so you need to have, even if you're a do-it-yourselfer, even if you're a diehard, I'm really great at doing it myself. I've got the perfectly balanced portfolio. I rebalance regularly. I'm smart. My wife would hate doing this or my, the woman, my husband would hate doing this. (laughs) 
you you probably should in advance vet some people who can provide the services, the portfolio management and life advice, financial life advice services that the the spouse, the deceased spouse had been providing to date. Happy Valentine's Day. You don't want to be That's part of those two now. groups I mentioned earlier. So take care of your significant. No, I don't, I don't want to be part of either one of those groups. So yeah, uh, I mean, and it's, it's going to be different for everybody. There isn't mm-hmm. one piece of advice that fits Good all. Point. And that's why I think it's so important to, if one, you've got to have somebody, if you've got a larger estate, help you establish that an attorney. Uh, if you have a tax advisor, they should be in on this future process and, and, and well aware to, uh, to your spouse. And then that third person is probably that money person even if you don't use them, have them in reserve. And I think that's an excellent point, Don. There is no right or wrong. There is no one way. Everyone navigates this a bit differently. But I do think a few of those points, pretty important for the long haul. Well, um, we take questions. We take questions by the bajillions, which is an actual number. I'm not sure how many zeros it has, but it's a lot. Um, And it's just too big for my brain. We take them at 855-935-TALK, but we also take them in writing at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And Tom, here is today's, last last week we had the shortest question ever. This and is today? up there in the longest. This is up there in the longest. Uh, okay. Please. Ready? Yeah. Re- background. Age 70. Came to the U.S. 24 years ago with zero dollars. I came late to the party. So I avoided bonds. Oh, by the way, great show. Found you six months ago through Clark Howard, who has guided me through the years. I don't hire advisors or non-fiduciary salespeople. I've always self-managed. And then he adds in parentheses, no power leaf blowers were used in this request. Nice. I love that. Moving up on the list. Yeah. You ready? Here's the the meat of the matter. The meat. Assets. One house. 550,000 free and clear small social security check portfolio all vanguard wow okay 70% stocks remember he said all no bonds yeah 9% bonds hmm something's missing where's the other 21% he asked cash what Doing well till then. I'm doing mega rebalance. I have 7 million. Oh, no, I have seven funds and one ETF VTI. So there's one pre-tax brokerage account with 600K. Got it. One pre-tax SEP IRA with 170K. One Roth IRA for 255. So we're looking at a little over a million bucks plus the house. Not bad. Well done. Selling. S&P 500, VTSAX, VFIAX, VTI, VGSTX, Vanguard Star. That's Star. Replacing it with VT, VNQ, BND, plus I know I need some small cap. My question, reluctant to sell all of the above during a down market. You want to do them one at a time. No, no, no. I'll give them all to you. Do I stagger sell off then kind of dollar cost average into my chosen investments 
according to market activity? Uh, the no. short answer to that is, of course, oh. no. But here's why. Wait, wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. Okay. I'm concerned about liquidating mm. large chunks into a declining yeah. market and then waiting for an advantageous time to reinvest. I can no longer contribute to Roth, so considering backdoor pathway, what would Don or Tom do? Now, now, sir, 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 I think you're a sir. Doesn't say. But, uh, sir or ma'am, you listen to the program a lot? You You listen so much that you like it? If you do, you should already know the answer to this question, Tom. We are not going to come up with a strategy to time our way in or time our way out of the market. Market behavior is not relevant. What is relevant is, in this case, at age 70, what rate of return you're trying to get. And by the way, I I think 21% in cash is outrageous. I don't know the reason behind, unless it's waiting. I do, because it's right there in those four questions. I'm yeah. waiting for the right waiting. time. Yeah. Well, there's people, by the way, have been waiting since 2008. There's, I've met a guy who was still waiting since 2001. So I know the market's going to go a long down time. more than it did yeah. then, and then I'm going to get in. This yeah, time, exactly. I'm getting in for sure. The super bubble will pop. Uh, and so, so, no. I mean, this is you need to have the right asset allocation for your situation, your rate of return, your ability to take volatility, and how much of this you need to draw on. And by the way, in addition to that, due to the fact that you have pre-tax, post-tax, and Roth, you should have separate assets in those. The Roth could have the aforementioned small, small value. The pre-tax could have uh, whatever amount of bonds you're going to have. The brokerage could have some in stock. So there's reason maybe to have uh, different assets in different places, asset location, if you will. And once again, what what th- this is, it's, it's just the perfect example of someone who successfully self-managed for many years, but is now getting to the point in life where the plan, the non-existent plan becomes far more essential because now your life, I mean, all of our lives are finite, but yours is finiter than most people. So, um, you're, and this is where (laughs) you need some, if you can't hear us say it, this is the problem. We say the same thing over and over and over again, Tom, and we've been saying it, the two of us together for 14 years, no longer, Longer 24 years. Yeah. Going back to 1999. Or before, oh, we, anyway. So, yeah. yeah. But so, I mean, together that's, that's on the air, together. On, on, yeah, yeah, you were on. Uh, we were on Sound Investing. We can just say 1999 on Sound Investing. So that's so here's the deal. Yeah, if you can hear our words and the truth behind them, and here's what we're telling you to do: when you rebalance, you don't play this game. You don't put it aside and slowly. Dollar cost average it back in, hoping against hope that the market will go down more and you'll buy in as as it's falling and it'll then you'll be in when it's rising because you don't know. You don't take it out. You don't put it in cash and sit there and go, I'm going to wait till this market falls a little farther. Or I'm not going to sell just yet because, well, it's down 4% over where it was last year. How much money did you make last year? Did you make more than 4%? What are you being yes. greedy? 
That's exactly what it is. If you well, can't yeah. hear our words, if you can't take them to heart, and, and this is addressed, you know this is addressed to all of you, get yourself a bloody fee-only 100% fiduciary advisor and stop managing your own money because you're becoming your own worst enemy. Thank you. And ask yourself why you feel like you need to sort of outperform the market by doing some timing trick that allows you to sell high, pardon me, sell low and buy high, because you don't need to. If you have a million dollars, you have a reasonable cost of living and your home's already paid for. I'm not seeing it here. See, here's what we're hoping for. Even over your life expectancy, which could be 20 plus years, what we're looking for is to capture the average return of the markets. We're not looking to capture the peak, the big year every year and avoid the bad years every year because we know that is impossible. We're just trying to get the average. Be happy with average because average is better than average. Well, it worked for me in school. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> So anyway, I hope that helped. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. I know you don't always take it to heart, but I know you listen. And give us a call if you have questions at 855-935-TALK. Send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can speak them there. And we really need you. If you like this podcast, we need you to share it with other people, both verbally and on your social media. That is a big multiplier of your ability, your power to spread the word. Put it on your social media. You hear a podcast and you go, wow, that resonated. There's a link on your podcast service to share it. Share it. Leave a review at Apple Podcasts and please, please, please keep listening because we're here pretty much every day. Just Tom, me, hanging out, talking real money you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.